It is Sunday, February 6th, 2011. This is U62 The Targ. Let's get her going. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Why, what a little tiny microchip deep inside some electronics. Broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62, the TAR. Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Pappas. On this week's show, I'm celebrating milestones, looking at iTunes, and talking about the new Superman. It's episode 4.17, Formula 201. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. U62 the Targ, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Kapp is here, and welcome to this week's episode of the Targ. And I guess I should take a moment to mark a very important milestone. You know, ever since I adopted my new numbering system a couple of years ago, you know, where I arbitrarily start a new series every fall, I've kind of lost track of how many episodes of this podcast I've actually made. So after I uploaded last week's episode, I went and took a look at uh, how the Targ looks in iTunes and just took a look at the RSS feed. And you know what? Last week's episode was my 200th episode. I have now done 200 episodes of this podcast. How freaking unbelievable is that? I think that is a pure sign that I need to get out more. Did I ever tell you the secret origin of this podcast? Did I ever tell you why I do it? So here's why I do the podcast. This all started many, many years ago. I had been out of Nate for a few months, I was pounding the pavement, looking for my first job in radio, and I was having very little luck. And you know, I cannot thank my instructors at Nate enough. They were incredibly supportive while I was looking for my job. They would let me come into the building after hours and use the equipment to cut a new demo and stuff like that. Again, very supportive. And usually such evenings where I was cutting a new demo and all that, they would usually begin in my favorite instructor's office, just, you know, looking for job hunting advice. And so I was crying on his shoulder one night And I was telling him that one of the big things that was starting to pop up in my rejections was, we're sorry, kid, but you just don't have enough experience yet. Which, of course, leads to the old conundrum, how do you get more experience when no one will hire you? So my instructor looks at me and he says, well, Mark, you know what? Uh, You're sharp with computers and all that. Why don't you try podcasting? And I was like, What's a podcast? And so he explained it to me a little bit. He had gleamed over it in a lecture back when I was still going to school. So with that knowledge in mind, I went home. I went online. I did a little more searching around online. And, you know, I figured I just might be able to do this podcasting thing. And, you know, granted, it boils down to just sitting in front of a tape recorder, practicing your announcing over and over and over again. But, hey, that's how you develop more experience in this business. So that's what I did. 
Uh, I had my own personal website all set up. I'd been thinking about buying my own server space and hosting it on my own for a long time. So I finally stood up and did that. So now I had enough room to host the podcast. And then, you know, around that time, that's when my Ralph Bucks first arrived in the mail. So I took my Ralph Bucks. I went to Axe Music in Edmonton, got myself a really nice microphone for my computer. I had the hosting. I had the microphone. I had some special software on my computer so I could record it. And yeah, within a week of that, my very first podcast, entitled Episode Zero, My New Mop, went online in around, oh, the end of March 2006, and I've been podcasting ever since. And that's why I would like to just take a minute to thank all 18 of you who listen to this podcast. According to the stats on my RSS feed, I have 18 subscribers, so thank you all 18 of you. So let's get going with the movie news this week, shall we? From all the corners of the globe, Hollywood, Tokyo, London, Winnipeg, it's time for the weekly movie news. All right, let's get going with this week's installment of the weekly movie news. Let's see what movie gossip headlines caught my eye this week. First up, we have yet another gritty reboot of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs in development. This script has actually been floating around in Hollywood for a while. It's uh, currently being produced by Disney, and this reboot is called Snow and the Seven. In this gritty update of Snow White, the action is moved to 19th century China, where Snow White is a British aristocrat living in Hong Kong, and the Seven Dwarfs become seven Shaolin warrior monks who, of course, trained Snow White to be a badass warrior woman. Uh, The news about it is that uh, Michael Arndt, the Oscar-nominated writer of Little Miss Sunshine and Toy Story 3, was just commissioned by Disney to do the latest draft. Of course, there is another gritty reboot of Snow White currently going on. That's Snow White and the Huntsman, in which Snow White is trained to be a badass warrior woman by the Huntsman who was sent to kill her. I remember sharing this news with a friend of mine earlier in the week, and she was like, What's with all these gritty reboots of Snow White? And as I explained to her, we can blame Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland for that, because now we got a whole bunch of gritty reboots of fairy tales in the works. Uh, In addition to those two Snow White reboots, uh, we also have Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, in which Hansel and Gretel are now all grown up and have dedicated their lives to ridding the world of witches. We also have Melissa... Maleficent, that's what I'm trying to say, which is Sleeping Beauty told from the evil witch Maleficent's point of view. Uh, We also have Red Riding Hood, which is Little Red Riding Hood reimagined as a Twilight-style romance about women and werewolves. And we also have Beastly, which is a goth reimagining of Beauty and the Beast in modern-day New York City. So there you go, gritty reboots of fairy tales. That's the new in thing in Hollywood. And speaking of in things in Hollywood, DreamWorks really knows how to run a franchise into the ground. It was recently announced that they're planning a grand total of six Kung Fu Panda films. Of course, Kung Fu Panda 2 will be coming out this summer. Kung Fu Panda 2 is also one of the many films that's going to have a Super Bowl spot this year, in addition to Thor, Captain America, Transformers 3, and many others, and I don't have the list in front of me right now. By the time you hear this, you'll probably be able to find them all on YouTube. And that's the movie news for this week. You 62 The Dark has everything you want in a podcast. Scooby-Doo, Batman, and Weird Al, it's the holy trinity of pop culture. Download it today at GalesInABox.com. 
questions in my mind, and I've got too many answers to find. Can I give up all I've imagined? Am I magical enough for this to happen? Because I like you. I like you. I like you. I like you. And like can lead to like like, and like like can lead to love. Sure as the stars above, I'd really like to kiss you. Oh, oh. Can I be the man you're looking for? Can I be your girl forevermore? I'll try real hard not to lose her. Because I like you, I like you, I like you, I like you. And like can lead to like like, and like like can lead to love. Sure as the stars above, I'd really like to kiss you, fuss you, fuss you, kiss you, fuck you. Because I like you, I like you, I like you, I like you. And like can lead to like like, and like like can lead to love. Sure as the stars above, I'd really like to hold you, kiss you, jazz you, kiss you, rim you, kiss you, kill you, kiss you, fuck you. That is a musical comedy duo I have fallen in love with. They call themselves Garfunkel and Oates, and that's the song that first made me fall in love with them. It is called "Fuck You," and I just had to share that with you here on U62 The Targ this week. Good afternoon, Mark Camp is still here with you. If you'd like to check out more of Garfunkel and Oates' stuff, uh, their album entitled "All Over Your Face" is currently only available on iTunes, so you can go there and just buy it and download it. And I tell you, hmm, I've bought so much stuff. On iTunes, that I really should finally break down and buy an iPod to keep it all in. You know, it's one of those things. I thought I would never get into the digital downloading thing, but you know, here I am. I think I bought like seven or eight albums on iTunes now, and I'm still kind of paranoid about doing it. You know, as much as they tell me it's the future and we're getting ready for it, I still have a reservation about buying something that I could lose in an instant if I ever have a power surge or anything like that. So now, whenever I buy an album on iTunes, I back the shit out of it as soon as I buy it. I first thing I do after I buy it, I. Burn it to a CD. I burn it to like an audio CD, and then toss it in with my music collection. Well, actually, no. Then I re-rip it as into MP3, so I can play it on my MP3 player. But I'll get into that another day. Part of the reason why I should buy an iPod. 
But anyway, once I've done that, then I pop in another blank CD and I create an iTunes backup disc, which you can do right away. And then after I do that, I take that album, I take the album that I just downloaded, and I dump it into my BlackBerry because I recently discovered that Blackberries can play the files you buy off of iTunes. So there you go. I'm still paranoid about, you know, buying something that I can't physically hold in my hand, but if it's the future, I got to start getting over those reservations. And a smart way to do that is to back the shit out of everything. Ah, there we are. But you know what? Something finally pissed me off this past week. So that means it's finally time to get back to What's Wrong With Society. What's Wrong With Society? I'm literally angry with rage. Well, after a couple weeks hiatus, it finally happened. Something finally came along that pissed me off, and it was time to bust out What's Wrong With Society this week. You know what's wrong with society this week? We have developed a very loose interpretation of Groundhog's Day. Of course, last week, we celebrated that most noble of holidays, Groundhog's Day, and of course, being a member of the media, I was glued to the wire services to find out what all of Alberta's groundhogs were predicting. And that's when I noticed something very horrid. Of course, the most famous groundhog here in Alberta is Balzac Billy, from the town of Balzac just outside of Calgary. But you know what I discovered? Balzac Billy isn't a real groundhog, he's a guy in a suit! Yes! And then you know, a town from close to my old neck of the woods, Wildwood. Apparently Wildwood has their own groundhog now, Wildwood Wally. So I watched the 6 o'clock news, oh what did Wildwood Wally tell us? Well you know what? Wildwood Wally isn't a groundhog, he's a sock puppet. And then the day after Groundhog's Day, one of my colleagues was telling me that here for Northern Alberta, we now also have Sherwood Park Sam. But you know what? Sherwood Park Sam isn't a groundhog, he's a rabbit. We have a guy in a suit, a rabbit, and a sock puppet representing groundhogs in Alberta. That just will not do. We have to bring Groundhog's Day back to the groundhogs. We have forgotten what it is about. So do you know what we have to do next year? You know what we have to do to fix what's wrong with society next week? Next year, I should say? We have to find an Alberta town with a legitimate groundhog so we can do some legitimate Groundhog's Day prognosticating here in Alberta. And right now, I'm willing to stake my hometown, my current adopted hometown of Athabasca to be the home of the groundhog here in Alberta. Or maybe our neighboring village of Boyle, because Boyle's still looking for some kind of tourist attraction. But you see where I'm getting at. Alberta needs its own groundhog. Not a rabbit, not a sock puppet, not a guy in a suit. We have to get an Alberta groundhog. And that's what's wrong with society this week. What's wrong with society? Brought to you by Cranky Pants brand underwear. Cranky Pants, now 30% tighter in uncomfortable places. You're listening to Mark Kappas. It's clear to all of you that I am awesome. On U62, The Targ. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! I like to move it, move it. 
The Jock Jams Mega Mix here on U62 The Targ. Good afternoon, Mark Kapp is still here with you. I just absolutely love that song. Ten years ago, when I was working in that wretched hive of scum and villainy known as Extra Foods, my favorite radio station would play that every Friday afternoon at 5. And if I was driving home Friday afternoon at 5, I would hear that, and it would just put me in a good mood for the weekend. Totally awesome song. Anyway, let's get to uh, Fishing in the Discount Bin, shall we? Fishing in the Discount Bin! Alright, welcome back to Fishing in the Discount Bin, where I just ramble about whatever movie I watched this past weekend. Now, as I explained on last week's show, I seem to be working my way through all the movies I traditionally watch at around Christmas time. Last week we did a Godzilla movie, so that means now we are doing the traditional Christmas movie for guys, Die Hard. It's become a running gag on various basic cable channels about how Die Hard is the Christmas movie for guys. I was making that joke around the house long before it was popular. My mom would always ask me, what makes Die Hard a Christmas movie? And I'd reply, it takes place at Christmas time. And that's pretty much it. You can't deny though that Die Hard turned out to be a very influential film. Hell, it created a whole new sub-genre of action films, the Die Hard in a Blank genre. And let's not forget what it did for Bruce Willis. Before he did that film, Willis was still primarily known for starring in Moonlighting and was almost getting typecast as the romantic leading man. But then he did Die Hard and boom! Overnight action star. And it also introduced Alan Rickman to the world in his role as the suave, sophisticated terrorist Hans Gruber and pretty much typecast him as a villain to this very day. It was fun pouring through the DVD bonus material and learning how this movie came to be. The summer of 1998 was coming, and 20th Century Fox realized they had no summer blockbusters on their schedule. So they went digging through their vaults, found the script for Die Hard, and gave it to director John McTiernan, fresh off his hit sci-fi film Predator. McTiernan really liked the script, but felt it was kind of bleak for a summer blockbuster. So he sat down with the writers to take the script and inject a, quote, sense of joy into it. That's where we got a lot of John McClane's now classic one-liners. McTiernan also changed the villain's motivations from being terrorists seeking to free their brethren, that's what I'm trying to say, to being high-tech robbers trying to break into the building's vaults and using the terrorism thing as their cover story. And in what was one of the film's most novel touches was using that great piece of classical music, Ode to Joy, as the villain's theme throughout the score. The plot, in case you've forgotten, John McClane, world-weary New York City cop, heading out to Los Angeles for the holidays. His estranged wife now works for a multinational corporation and works in L.A., and who knows, maybe this Christmas there'll be a chance for reconciliation. But at his wife's office Christmas party, terrorists seize control of the office building and take the revelers hostage. McClane, however, managed to slip away in the confusion and now uses everything within his power to thwart the terrorists' plans. Will McLean be able to save the hostages, defeat the terrorists, and still have a Merry Christmas? What do you think? Uh, this movie gets a lot of love and has a huge fandom. I, however, think it's merely just a really good movie, and its place in my DVD library kind of represents a dark turn for me. When I first got my DVD player, I was buying DVDs like a madman. I would snatch up as many DVDs as I could. And when I bought that huge-ass box set of the Die Hard trilogy, that's when I had my moment of awakening. I can't stop questioning myself to this very day, did I buy this because I love the Die Hard movies so much, 
or because my home theater forums kept raving about it. And there you go, I have yet to answer that question, but the doubt was enough to make me think twice, and I dialed back on buying DVDs a little bit. But all in all, Die Hard still a very good film, and very deserving of its place in film history. And that's Fishing in the Discount Bin for this week. Fishing in the Discount Bin, brought to you by RentMoviesOnline.com. Is going down to the video store too much social interaction for you? RentMoviesOnline.com. And there we go. That's Fishing in the Discount Bin for this week. Uh, well, you know what? We're getting to the end of this week's show. But before I go completely, I guess I should do a little riff on the new Superman movie. Something just a little too big for the movie news this week. And that is we have announced who our new Superman is going to be. Henry Cavill, who was uh, one of the stars of the big period drama, The Tudors. He will be playing the new Clark Kent slash Superman. Of course, the new Superman movie is being put together by Christopher Nolan, who did the recent Batman films and Inception, and Zack Snyder, who did Watchmen and 300. Uh, they've apparently done some kind of dark, gritty update reboot of Superman, and they're currently shooting to have that in theaters for Christmas 2012. But that's not all. Olivia Wilde, who you might remember from uh, House and was recently in Tron Legacy, apparently she is in talks to play Lois Lane. But now here's the kicker that's going out. They're also casting a woman to be the, quote, female lead. Well, if Lois Lane isn't the female lead in the Superman movie, who the heck is it going to be? Interesting times ahead for the new Superman movie, but you know, geek that I am, I'm sure to be there and first in line. And you know what? Now that I've said all that, I think I'm just about done for this week's show. I'm Mark Kappas. This has been The Targ. I will see you next week. another exciting episode of the targ don't forget you can download a new episode of the targ every week at chaosinabox.com the targ is written and produced by mark kappas under the watchful eye of 42 star wars action figures the targ is a chaos in a box production That's all there is. There isn't anymore.